Jeff Burnham. We're coming to you from Frankenstein's Monkey Farm. And here at Frankenstein's Monkey Farm this week we are talking about Thanksgiving. This episode's going to be coming out right around Thanksgiving, on Thanksgiving, or the day after Thanksgiving. Not really sure yet. So we wanted to choose a topic that was Thanksgiving related, which isn't exactly the easiest thing to do. There aren't many Thanksgiving horror movies, at least not ones that Alistair could watch. And the obvious choice to us when we sat down and talked about it was to talk about an episode of... Mystery Science Theater. That's right. Mystery Science Theater 3000. Because back in the day when Mystery Science Theater 3000 was on television, they ran a marathon of the series every Thanksgiving day. The Turkey Day Marathon. And now they're doing it again. They've been doing it the last few years online. They've been streaming it through Shout Factory. So that's become a tradition for us. Even now, you know, it's something that Al's grown up on. Mystery Science Theater, Turkey Day Marathons. Yep. So we figured, why not throw an episode in on Mystery Science Theater? And Mystery Science Theater is not just something that we watch on Thanksgiving, right? No. Mystery Science Theater is where these funny three watch movies and make funny jokes about it. Yeah, exactly. And it's something that we've been watching ever since you were a little guy, right? Yep. Yeah. It's not very scary. No, no. The movies they watch tend not to be the best movies. They're pretty silly. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of the point of the show. This one is with Hot Dog the Mouth Monster. Weird looking (laughs) um, man fish. (laughs) That's right. The episode we're talking about today is the episode in which they screen Horror of Party Beach. Yep, 1964's The Horror of Party Beach. And this was from the eighth season of the series. The episode aired in 1997, so that's the episode we're going to be talking about today. But before we get into that, I want to talk a little bit about what Mystery Science Theater means to us as a family, because of course, Thanksgiving is a holiday that we think about as being about family, right? Yes. Yeah. So in our family, Mystery Science Theater is pretty important. Yep. It's something that we've done together as a family, even before you were around. It was something that mommy and daddy did, something that, you know, brought us together. They brought us together. Yeah. Yep. And it's something that we all do together. Yeah. And it's... In my life, something that's been very important, and so I guess in the honor of Thanksgiving, I would say that I'm generally thankful for Mystery Science Theater because it's helped me get through some tough times in my life. You know, when things aren't going too well, when, you know, things are looking rough, when I've had a bad day, I can always sit down and watch Mystery Science Theater and it always cheers me up. That's what I do. Yeah, that's what you do too? Yep. Like father, like son, huh? Yep. What does Mystery Science Theater mean to you? It's supposed to be funny 
and to cheer you up. Yeah. When yeah. you're sad or something like that. Or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, now the Mystery Science Theater gang are doing a couple different things, right? There's riff tracks. Yep. And of course, you've gone to see a couple of the riff tracks screenings with me. Yep. Do you remember what ones we went to see together? I only remember Mothra. Yeah, That's... you saw Mothra with me and you went to see Time Chasers. Time Chasers? You remember the guy with the airplane? Yes, now I now I remember it. Yeah. Yeah, you talked about that one for quite a while afterward. Yep. Yeah, so Riff Tracks is around. They're still making fun of silly movies. Yeah, Riff Tracks is around. They're still making fun of silly movies, and that is of course Mike, Bill, and Kevin from the show. Mike Nelson, who I've talked to by the way. Did I ever tell you that? No. Yeah, Mike Nelson from Mystery Science Theater and Riff Tracks. I've talked to him on the phone. Whoa. Yeah. So he's from Riff Tracks and Miss... Mystery Science Theater? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's, he does both of those. In the episode we watched today, The Horror of Party Beach, Mike Nelson plays Mike. Then you have Bill Corbett, who played Crow. And you have Kevin Murphy, who played Tom Servo. The three of them are the Riff Tracks guys. So the two others... Play the two robots. Exactly. Oh, yes. Now I get it. Yeah, yeah. So they're doing Riff Tracks, and when they did their first Riff Tracks live screening, which was way back when. I don't even remember when that was exactly. And you don't know which movie it was? It was Plan 9 from Outer Space. Oh. Yeah, and you've actually seen that one. You've seen that recording. Um, That was one that I went to see with your mom. And before that, though, I actually interviewed Mike Nelson for the website that I write for. Oh. So I did an interview with him. on it? Yeah, well, we talked on the phone, and then I wrote an article about our discussion. Oh. Yeah, I'll have to read it to you sometime. I didn't know that. Yeah. And then, of course, the rest of the Mystery Science Theater gang are, at least most of them, are involved in bringing back Mystery Science Theater 3000. Whoa. So we'll get to see that pretty soon, hopefully. Yep. New Mystery Science Theater 3000. Oh, man, it's been too long. Mm -hmm. Too long, because it was canceled when I was in high school. Why? Well, I guess the networks just didn't want to show it anymore. You know, I remember watching it when I was in middle school. You know, I was uh, recording the episodes off TV. I recorded Time Chasers off TV when Mystery Science Theater did it. Yeah, I had a recording tape with Time Chasers. That was the one I watched the most. One of my favorite episodes. They actually did do Time Chasers? Yeah, on Mystery Science Theater. Yeah, we have that on DVD, too, so I'll show that to you sometime. Is there some of your favorite jokes? Oh, man, yeah, definitely some of my favorite jokes in that one, for sure. Yeah, you'll like that one. Okay. Yeah, and actually, I remember in Mike Fountain's class, because, you know, I was in Mike Fountain's English class when I was in eighth grade. Mike Fountain, your godfather. He showed us Mystery Science Theater in class, too. You know, I think we maybe two times we watched a short in his class, or maybe one time we watched Johnny at the Fair for sure. But yeah, so that I remember being a great thing about middle school is, you know, we actually got to watch Mystery Science Theater in class one day. Pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool indeed. And I just, as a teacher myself, I just showed my cult films class an episode of Mystery Science Theater. So you've seen it and you showed it? Mm Mm-hmm. And watched it? 
and watched it. Home. <laughs> what? Well, anything else you want to say about Mystery Science Theater in general or Rift Tracks in general before we get talking about this specific episode? I want a, one question about Mystery Science Theater. What's your question? Um, Is it a question or a statement? That they watch movies and make funny jokes. Yeah. It's a really simple formula, and it's yeah. really effective. You know, it's something that has a timelessness to it. You know, as long as movies are goofy and have silly things in them, and, you know, they're going to be people making funny jokes about them. And that's always going to be funny. Yeah, always. You can't stop be funny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everybody is funny. Well, I don't know about that. Well... That's fair. Just a question. <laughs> fair enough, indeed. So, The Hoarder of Party Beach was made in 1964. And the episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000 that it aired on, that they made fun of it on, was from 1997, which would have been when I was in middle school. And I actually remember watching this one when it aired. And The Hoarder of Party Beach was made by a filmmaker named... Del Tenney. And I used to have a box set of his movies. I wish I still did, uh, because there were the other two movies in there, in addition to The Horror of Party Beach, were movies that I really, really liked, too. I wouldn't say that I really liked Horror of Party Beach, but the other ones I'm a big fan of. In particular, I like Del Tenney's Curse of the Living Corpse, starring Roy Scheider. And Roy Scheider would go on to be in Jaws. But the cool thing about Curse of the Living Corpse is that it's sort of a proto-slasher movie. You know, it's this late 50s, early 60s proto-slasher, right? The slasher film hadn't taken off yet, but here's a movie with many of the same elements that would come to characterize the slasher film in sort of a murder mystery, potential zombie ghost type format. So they're like mixed together? Yeah, like yeah, that. it's... It's a lot of different elements in that story. It's a really cool movie. I'll show it to you someday. I like that one a lot. I might. You might? Okay. But what did you think of the horror of Party Beach? Horror of Party Beach? It's a silly monster movie. It really is a silly it's monster about, movie. like, invisible fish and uh, <laughs> fish people with hot dogs. In their mouth and multiplying hot dog mouthed fish monster things. Yeah, yeah, that kind of covers it. Well, I guess before we dive into Horror of Party Beach further, I want to talk very briefly about the episode of Mystery Science Theater that it appeared on. This episode is the start of their Ancient Rome storyline. In the eighth season, Sci-Fi Channel demanded that the writers put together a storyline, an ongoing storyline that would tie all the episodes together. They ended up showing them out of order, I believe, so it didn't even matter. But this episode begins the Ancient Rome storyline, and that storyline is the one that's concluded in Space Mutiny, which is probably my favorite episode of all time. So the host segments take place in part in ancient Rome, and then of course we have the usual Mike and the bots up on the ship doing goofy things segments, right? So do you want to talk about those before we go any further into Horror of Party Beach? What was it called again? What was what called? The song 
Oh, the sodium song? It's called sodium. If I had to guess, I would say that's probably your favorite host segment in this episode, where they sing the sodium song. Yep. Yeah, do you remember how that goes? Uh, sodium, 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 sodium. I'm noticing a trend here. Yeah, exactly. That's, uh... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that is one of the funniest host segments, absolutely. And they sing a song called Sodium, and the only thing they say is sodium over and over again, except at one point Mike does go, yeah, sodium. So he says, yeah. So it's sodium and yeah, the only two words in the song. Yep. Yeah, that's a good one. My favorite host segment in this episode is where Mike tries on the swimming trunks so that they can do their beach party dance scene. Do you remember that? And he puts on the trunks. And what's wrong with them? They're too tiny. They're too tiny. And so what happens? the movie. He does a silly thing by dancing around. And they keep saying, no, 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 no. Yeah, the trunks are too tiny. They show off too much. And he's dancing around. Yeah, we don't see it because, of course, he's hidden off camera. But you get the impression that he looks pretty much naked when he's dancing. Yep. Yeah, so that's what's going on. His trunks are like in the movie. Yeah, in the movie, exactly. (laughs) They're making fun of the trunks in the movie because the guys in the movie wear really, really tiny swim trunks while they're dancing around. It's like he got in the movie and bought one and came back. (laughs) Went back in time. Yeah, he went back to 1964 and bought some swim trunks. Yeah, Almost like that. Yeah, yeah. They were so t- maybe they maybe they dropped by 1964 on their way back to ancient Rome. Oh yeah. Okay, so let's get back into the movie then. I guess I think we're done talking about the host segments. I wanted to cover it really quickly because there kind of isn't much to say with regard to this episode. We could start talking about who's the main character. Oh, of horror of Party Beach. Yes. Yeah, who's the main character? This is something you asked me, boy, like. Ten minutes before the end of the movie, you asked me who the main character is. Yeah. And I think that's a pretty clear sign of a movie that hasn't done its job if you're asking that question ten minutes before the end. Hasn't done its good job. (laughs) Exactly. Who do you think the main character is? I can't figure out it. At first, it seems like it's... Tina, I think her name is, the brunette woman who's dancing on the beach. Yeah. At first it seems like it's her, and then she gets killed. So it might be another person. So it's probably another person, and then it seems like it's the blonde woman for a while. But she's not always in the movie. Sometimes it's following her kind of boyfriend, and then sometimes it seems like it might be her dad. Maybe... It has two main characters. Yeah, or the movie just didn't decide. There can be more than one main character in movies. Sure, sure, yeah. It's it's not uncommon. No. Not uncommon to see main characters sort of uh, split the time, you know, two main characters. But typically, you want to focus on one character for simplicity's sake. You know, if you're if you have an ensemble movie, that's a lot of juggling you have to do as a writer. 
you know, you have to juggle a lot of characters, a lot of wants, a lot of conflict, you know, between all of those characters once and how they relate to the central goal. So that's not typically something you want to do, especially if you're making a movie really, really cheap. <laughs> you know, if you're making a movie really cheap and really fast, you want to keep it simple. Yeah, you want to keep it simple. Pretty cool. <laughs> sarcasm, Dad. <laughs> yeah, that is, that's sarcasm, all right. Yeah, so the main character, tough to figure out, but uh, it could be the Fishmen. Could be the Fishmen if we actually really sat down and charted out the movie. Could be the Fishmen. Because at certain times of the movie, we end up following characters who just get killed. Remember, there's those women who show up at the gas station. There's all of the women who are at, like, the slumber party. The, like, teenage girls or whatever at the slumber party. And so we follow a lot of different characters throughout the movie for just, I don't know, five, ten minutes at a time. Um, who then just get killed off. Yeah. And it looks like some of the people are like the same people that came back to life. But it's really not. It looks like that. So oh, oh, I know what you mean. Because in the works. end, when the monsters are going on a rampage in sort of the climax of the movie, right before the scientist and the young man who may be the main character go off and kill the monsters, the monsters are going on a rampage and you see them killing women in sort of a montage. And some of those women are very clearly women who've been killed earlier in the movie or earlier in the montage. And that's something that Mike and the bots point out when they're watching it. They point out that some of the girls come back to life? No, not that they necessarily come back to life, just that the filmmakers showed the same woman getting killed twice. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's fine. I don't care about nothing. Then, uh, why are you putting so much effort into this podcast, huh? Fine, I care about everything. Oh, man, you changed your tune really fast. So what happens in the horror of Party Beach? What is kind of the central plot? You already talked about how there were invisible fish. And that's a problem with the effect that they did. They overlaid a shot of fish on top of that shot of the skull. But in doing so, it made parts of the fish see-through. So... Yeah, that's, you know, that's a problem with the effects. And so you talked about that and how in that scene, toxic waste, right, creates the hot dog mouth monsters. So what happens, though? What else happens in the movie other than the creation of hot dog mouth monsters? Late, 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 late into the movie, like... So we're skipping to the end. No, not <laughs> at the end end. Just, like, close to the end. Okay. Like, these guys are testing... This monster's hand. Right, one of the, the fish men gets his hand cut off. Yeah. And this and, and the girl that we don't follow a lot comes up and knocks the toxic waste on, so then they figure out what will kill the monster. It's actually a little jar of sodium. Yeah, so, the housekeeper yes. knocks over the jar of sodium. Yeah, and then they figure out how to kill the monsters. So then... Get some bottles of sodium, or just cups of sodium, and they throw them at the monsters. Well, here's a question for you, though. They figure out that sodium kills the monsters, and do they then go out and immediately get a bunch of sodium? No, we don't see that. No, we don't see that for approximately a half hour. Yeah. They figure out that sodium kills the monsters, 
and instead of going and getting a bunch of sodium immediately, they just kind of do nothing. They don't do anything for a long time. They know what kills the monsters, and instead of killing the monsters, they let the monsters go on a rampage because the movie implies that they don't get the sodium, I think. Until, like, the end. Yeah, since they don't know where the monsters are. But, I mean, you know, warn the public? Like, tell people? find the monsters? Yeah, they have to find the monsters, but they don't find them until later. But they don't even get the sodium until they're pretty sure that they know how to find the monsters. But maybe get a whole bunch of sodium brought into the town and have the women start carrying around little sodium vials, right? Yeah. That would make sense. Instead, they let, what, two dozen women get killed by the monsters? Yeah. Because they haven't figured out what will kill the monsters. No, but they know what will kill the monsters. They figure that out halfway into the movie. Yeah. Remember, the jar gets knocked over. You just talked about it. The jar gets knocked over, so they figure out that sodium kills the monsters. And then they don't do anything about it. They don't give anybody any sodium. They don't even get sodium. They don't tell anybody that sodium will kill the monsters. And then a whole bunch of people get killed before they actually go get some sodium. Mostly all the women get killed. Yeah, one of your notes that you had me write down from this movie is simply creeping around trying to get the girls. And that was your note on the monsters. What the monster? Um, what do the monsters do? They creep around trying to get the girls. And they pretty much only kill women. I don't remember them killing men. They claw that one guy's eyeball out and then they kill the two drunk guys. So there's three guys, I guess, that I remember. So, like, I was talking about the two girls walking around with their brother getting picked them up. And the monster sneaking around trying to get them. Yeah, yeah, he was following them down the street. Yeah, and it was like, why should I do this at this time? Because <laughs> the girls went into the car. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, why should I do this at this time? It's a funny joke about it. What do the monsters need to survive? Kill people. Kill people, yeah, but what do they do? They drink something. Blood. Yeah, they drink blood to survive. Um, we don't see them do that. No, because I suggested that it started as a skull turning into a fish head. Then it turns into one fish monster. And I think, like, when when they get the people, like, they drink their blood and they turn into fish monsters. That's what I think. Yeah, it's unclear how the monsters multiply. They do hold funerals oh. for some of the people. We know that. What's funerals? Remember, somebody dies and you bury their body? Sometimes they do that. Yeah, sometimes they do that. Sometimes people get cremated, you know, something like that. It's where you burn the body. But we do know that there are funerals held for some of the people who are killed by the monsters. So in theory, if the monster killed the person and they turned into a fish person, then there wouldn't be a body. So it is unclear how the monsters multiply. But they do. There's a ton of them, right? So, like, it starts as one, and I think, like, the that guy, like, makes some, but we don't know how they multiply. Yeah, we never see that. And there are different looking ones, too. Some of them have the hot dog mouths, and some of them just look like a big old pile of seaweed. Yeah. Some have hot dog mouths. Some look like a pile of seaweed. And my question for you is, how is a monster with hot dog mouth going to drink somebody's blood? I don't know. Put the hot dog blood things? I don't know. 
Nobody knows how hot dog monsters are gonna drink people's blood with <laughs> hot dogs in their mouth. You would think the movie would tell us, but it doesn't. No. Because I don't know. I've even seen the movie without Mystery Science Theater riffing on it. No. You know, I've seen the movie on DVD just by itself, and even I don't remember them talking about how they drink the blood in that. I could be totally wrong. I could be off base here. But I don't know that the movie tells us. No. So we've talked a lot about the monsters, but frankly, the monsters aren't in the movie a ton, especially in that first half hour or so. What do they do in the first half hour of the movie? What's going on? People are dancing. Dancing and fighting. That's it for a long time. Just dancing and fighting on the beach because this is a beach party movie. Yeah. This is during like, the Frankie and Annette beach party movie era. Like after an hour or so, the monster comes up. It does feel that way, yeah. Yeah, it's about a half hour into the Mystery Science Theater episode before we actually get the monster killing anybody. Kills Tina out on the rocks. Yeah. And basically rubs a bunch of what looks like chocolate syrup all over her belly. Also, actually, I think they actually use chocolate syrup to make the blood. Which sometimes is what happens in black and white movies. When I was a teenager and shooting movies in black and white... On my old Hi8 camera, we would actually use chocolate syrup as blood in those movies. Oh, because that's black. I'll show you sometime. When you get a little bit older, I'll show you one of the movies that I made as a teenager and show you how well the chocolate syrup worked. We should start talking about how we think the monsters multiply. Okay, how do you think the monsters multiply? I don't really have a good idea other than maybe they reproduce asexually. Like a worm or something like that, that it can just like give birth to another fish monster without having to have, you know, a mommy and a daddy fish monster. There's just one and maybe it can just give birth. Maybe. What do you think? What's your idea? Mine is a pretty good idea. Maybe the first fish monster, like, takes the skulls out of people's heads and put them in the ground and turn them into more fish monsters. Oh, maybe all it needs is the skull. Yeah, maybe. Because I remember we saw the skull turn into the fish monster. Yeah, yeah, it takes forever. Yeah, and we get the invisible fish. Yeah, that's how we get the invisible fish. (laughs) It's how the skull turns into the fish monster. They're described as being kind of like jellyfish. Or something to that effect. But they're also called zombies. They're like zombie fishmen. It's super unclear. And the fact that they have hot dogs in their mouth only adds to the confusion. Um, we should get going on to Beastly Best. Oh yeah, we'll do that in a couple minutes. But first I wanted to ask you a very important question. How does this movie stack up to Creature from the Black Lagoon? It's 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 very simple. Black Lagoon is one fish monster doesn't have the hot dogs and those guys multiply and they have it, but some very look like it cuz they don't have the hot dog things. Okay, yeah, so, so they would they actually this movie is like like the creature of Black Lagoon. Yeah. Only with a lot more fishmen with hot dog mouths? Yeah. But which movie's better? I guess that's kind of more what I want to know. And the differences are probably obvious once people watch them. You've got a 
you've got a good point. It's really simple. There are just a lot more fishmen and they have hot dog mouths. Absolutely. But which one is better? And I know what a lot of people would say, but of course, you're four years old. So you've got a unique perspective on this that I would like you to share with our listeners. Which movie is better and why is it better? If we do these two movies on our podcast, one of them will get more votes and we then we know which one's better. Oh, you're saying that we should get people to vote? Yeah, like yeah, go we on could, to those. We could do that on Twitter. Yeah, we could see what people think. Absolutely. What do you think, though? I want to hear what you think. I say... I would say Creature of the Black Lagoon. Yeah? Why is that one a better movie? We don't know how the monster kills people. Because we don't see that. And Creature from the Black Lagoon? Yeah. Well, no, we do see it. Remember, he wrecks people. Jumps up on the boat and starts cutting people up with his claws. Oh, yeah, I didn't know he had claws. Yeah, it's been a little while since you've seen it, I know. It's been a little bit. It's probably been a good six I, months since I you've seen re- Creature from the Black Lagoon. I only remember one guy went to the doctor. One guy went to the doctor? Okay. No, one guy got scraped. Oh, and he lived. Yeah. He yeah. was alive on the under uh in the rooms on the boat. He was wrapped up, bandaged up on a bed. And remember then the creature from the Black Lagoon like crashes through the window and tries to grab him? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I agree with you. Creature from the Black Lagoon is a much better film. Cuz it's more funny. It's funnier? No. It's more scarier. Oh, it's scarier, yeah. Cuz we see monster like going up to people. So cool. Yeah, it's really, really cool. Is the horror of Party Beach scary? No. And it doesn't help I know that we actually have the Mystery Science Theater guys making fun of it. Obviously, that makes it less scary if it's scary at all. Because if somebody's making funny jokes and you're laughing, it's hard to be scared. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, if the movie's scary, watching Um, it on Mystery Science Theater won't do it justice. Um, I wish they didn't do that movie. I think it's a good episode of Mystery Science Theater myself. Well, people think different things. Sure. You didn't like the episode, though? You didn't think Uh, it was funny? No, I thought they made it funnier. And I didn't like that. Oh, you... I didn't really like that. Okay, so what you're saying is you'd rather they didn't make fun of a monster movie. Yeah. So you like the episodes where they don't do monster movies. I like the ones... The other ones, but not this one, because they made it more funnier. Well, they're always going to make it funnier. That's the thing. Anytime they do a movie, it's always going to be funnier. Well, some monster movies are funny, some are not. Yeah, but I mean, if the movie isn't that great a film to begin with, maybe you wouldn't have had as good a time watching it if they weren't making fun of the movie during it. Yeah, I would have more, more fun. Watching it on Mystery Science yeah. Theater? No. I would like if they did it on, but not with the jokes. Oh, so you 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 like more of an Elvira format. Yeah. With the hosts, and then show me the movie, and then talk to me after the movie. Yeah, okay. Between the movie. Yeah, I buy that. You know, I'm a huge yeah. fan of Mystery Science Theater, so I don't mind them making fun of a horror of Party Beach, because here's the thing. Okay, let me tell you this. We can watch the movie on Mystery Science Theater... And we can always watch it without Mystery Science Theater. And it's not going to ruin the movie. No, it's not. It's a different experience. 
right? When you watch something on Mystery Science Theater, you don't watch it to be scared. You know, you watch it to laugh. And that's like we were talking about at the beginning. When you watch Mystery Science Theater, it's to feel better. It's to laugh and have a good time. But this one, I was actually focusing on the jokes more than the movie a little bit more. Okay. It made me think they made it more funnier. Yeah, and that's totally fine. You know, that's one way to approach it. And we'll watch Horror of Party Beach at some point without the Mystery Science Theater to see what you think of it without the jokes, too. Yeah. But I don't think that I would say I wish they hadn't done the movie because I think it's a pretty good episode. You know, we laughed a lot. We had a good time. We learned the Sodium song. I would like the Sodium song and the movie without the jokes. (laughs) Okay, okay. Yeah, I think you'll appreciate the show more as you get older, too. Because I was focusing on the jokes more than the movie. Yeah, you're a guy who likes to focus on the movie, huh? I'm like a guy who focuses on the movie, the other episodes, but this time um, I focus on the jokes more than the movie. Yeah, maybe that's the movie's fault, though. I mean, maybe the movie just isn't interesting enough. Yeah. That could be it. Yeah, maybe um, they made it too funny. <laughs> oh, maybe they made it too funny. Okay. I'll buy- I can buy that. So, I guess with all that in mind... I want to ask you if you would recommend watching the Mystery Science Theater episode, The Horror of Party Beach. Would you recommend watching it? Yes. Yeah, even though you focused more on the jokes than on the movie? Yeah. Yeah, you still think it was funny enough, a good enough time to recommend? Yeah, it was funny enough for me. If it gets more funnier, I can take any funny. I can take even, like, funny, funny, funny. I can take, like, that funny. Yeah, that can you can take, take all the funny they can throw at you? Yep. Yeah, we had a really good time watching this this morning. Yep. I would, too. I'd recommend watching it. I think it's a really solid episode. Yeah. Content-wise, if you're concerned over what's in the episode before you show it to your children, there is some minor cable-friendly swearing. There's a few swear words, but it is swearing that was allowable on cable. I didn't hear swearing. Good. There's also quite a bit of innuendo. And there are also a lot of jokes from the Mystery Science Theater crew satirizing the 1960s hang-ups on race and gender, which are really apparent in the movie. You know, they have an African-American maid, and she's basically the only African-American character in the movie. There is also a lot of objectification of women. So there are a lot of satirical jokes about gender and race representations in the 1960s. Al, I've got a question for you. Yeah? Why should our listeners head over to patreon.com slash wordsalad? To win cool prizes. And? Hear exclusive content. Our first bit of exclusive content on Patreon is an international crossover episode between quote-unquote guilty Cadavercast and The Countdown. We think you're going to love it. But what else happens at patreon.com slash wordsalad? What happens if people become patrons? How does that help us? It helps us keep this podcast going because it costs money and helping go to college. 
yeah, it, it helps us keep the podcast going because, yeah, it does cost real-life money to run a podcast. And, as always, we at CadaverCast pledge that any money we pull in over basic upkeep goes towards Al's college fund. So if you want to help Al go to college, if you think he's a smart little dude who gives you plenty of entertainment and that's worth a few bucks to help the kid go to college, well, you know what? Become a patron over at patreon.com slash wordsalad. Help us out and get some exclusive content for yourself and maybe win some cool prizes. That's what patreon.com is about. Exactly. Patreon.com is... Slash wordsalad. Slash wordsalad. You have the chance to win cool prizes and help me go to college absolutely we really appreciate it don't we alistair thank you very much well al i think this brings us to beastly best huh yes yeah you're ready for it okay so you seem really ready why don't you get us started? What do you think the coolest monster moment is in Horror of Party Beach? Where the skeleton head turns into the fish monster. Oh, yeah, that transformation? Yeah, it's That's, really cool. That is and cool. And it makes the invisible fish. And the effects create invisible fish. So yeah. it's a win-win. A win-win-win. Yeah, a win-win-win. Yeah. Exponential winning. Win, win, win. Win, 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 win. Beautiful. My favorite monster moment in the movie has to be when the fishmen attack the slumber party. Because the girls are all waiting. They think these boys are going to raid their slumber party. So they're waiting and they've got a bucket full of water up above the door. And they're waiting for the boys to come in. And we see two fishmen walking up to the house. So the monsters kick in the door. And the bucket doesn't fall on them. It just falls on the floor. They kick in the door. The girls scream and they go to run out the other door. And what's at the other door? One of the fish monsters. More fish monsters. We realize at that moment there's not just two anymore. There's a bunch. They. Yeah, and they close in on them. Yeah. So they kill at that moment, kill or injure 20 people. That's quite the massacre. That's quite of a monster. <laughs> That's quite a monster, indeed. Do you know that this monster movie is the monster movie that you want to watch because it's great it's great yeah even though we don't know who the main character is even though yeah it's maybe yep <laughs> even though it's maybe kind of boring even though the monsters have hot dog mouths even though you're a weirdo even though you're a weirdo Touche. Yep. (laughs) Win, win, win. So this is usually the part of the episode where we get to the section called Get Spooked. And so I want to know, Alistair, if you want to do Get Spooked or if you want to do Get Silly. Get Silly! I think that's appropriate. I don't know that there's much spooky going on in this movie. And if there is anything spooky going on in this movie... 
we certainly aren't going to see it in the Mystery Science Theater episode because it's just too darn funny to be spooked. So what do you think is the silliest moment in the horror of Party Beach? The monsters. Just the monsters. Flat out hot dog mouth monsters, pile of seaweed monsters. Silly as it gets. Yep. Any other thoughts about that? Nope. That's my totally get silly moment. Is the monsters. Is the monster in the movie. Because they have hot dog mouth and pile of seaweed looking monsters. Yeah, that's pretty silly. I love seaweed. You love seaweed. That's true. Yeah, we we eat the little uh, seaweed snack packs. Yep. Yeah, that's good stuff. I love seaweed. Would you eat one of those seaweed monsters? If we dried them out and put them in a little package for you, would you eat them? Yep, because I love seaweed. Well, there you go. That's how you take care of these monsters. They didn't need sodium. They just needed Alistair. To eat them. (laughs) To eat them, exactly. And the hot dog monsters. Yeah, put some mustard in their mouths, good to go. Yep, and yum, 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 yum. Exactly. Ready to go. Yeah, I agree with you. The monsters are probably the silliest thing. I'll tell you one more silly thing. I don't know if it's the silliest thing, because I do think the hot dog mouth is the silliest thing. Here's something really silly. You remember the two drunk guys that get in the car accident, and then they go walking before they get killed by the monsters? So they find a car that's stopped by the side of the road or out in the woods, and the one drunk guy gets in the passenger seat. Okay, now we're looking in. The camera's looking into the car from the driver's side window, so we see the person who's dead in the driver's seat, and all we see is the left side of their face. The left side of the driver's face, perfectly fine. Yeah. The drunk guy's looking at the right side of his face. Yeah. Yeah, so the drunk guy's looking at the right side of his face, and the drunk guy gets in and he shakes him. Shakes the guy who's in the driver's seat. And the guy who's in the driver's seat falls over facing the camera so that now the camera and we, the audience, can see the right side of his face for the first time. And what do we see? That's a scary moment. Yeah, we see that side of his face and it's been like gouged out, basically. Like he's been scratched by one of the monsters and he's dead. Right? That's really... Yeah, like he's missing an eyeball, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think they put like blackness all over his eye. Yeah, like fake blood and stuff. Yeah, fake blood. Yeah. But here's the thing. Here's what's silly about that, Alistair. The drunk guy doesn't scream until we, the audience, see the right side of his face with the missing eyeball. Except that's the side of the face that the drunk guy's looking at when he gets in the car. So how come he doesn't get scared until the audience sees the face when he sees the gouged out eyeball himself when he gets in the car? Does that make any sense? No. That's so weird to me. Having the guy get shocked when the audience finally sees it, when it's the only thing he's seen, doesn't make any sense. I think he should scream when he sees the white side. Exactly. So that's my get silly moment. Pretty silly. That's pretty silly. Now, Alistair, normally we would end the episode right here, right? Yeah. Today we're going to do something a little different. Because this is our Thanksgiving episode, I think we should talk about the things we're thankful for. Don't you? Yeah. So do you want to start? Why don't you start? What are you thankful for, Alistair? You know, as you approach your fifth birthday, because this is actually the last episode that our audiences are going to hear before you turn five. Yeah. Right now, you're like, what, three weeks away? Less than three weeks away from being five when this episode comes out? 
it's going to be maybe six or seven days before you're five years old. So you're almost five, you know, you're almost five. What are you thankful for now that you're almost five? You know, what are the things that you appreciate? I thought we'd tell our audience Um, what we're thankful for. I'm thankful that we eat turkey at Thanksgiving. (laughs) That's a pretty good one. So we're going to eat turkey and we're going to watch Mystery Science Theater together. That's what I'm thankful for. Good job. Well, I'm going to be a little more serious, if you don't mind. That's fine. I'm thankful that you and I get to watch monster movies together and talk about it, and that there are people out there who are listening to this. And to those of you who are listening to this, I'm thankful for you too. This has been a great experience. We have 10 episodes out now. We have over 600 plays on our episodes, which... I know is nothing to a lot of the bigger podcasts or whatever. That's meaningless. But to us, it means a lot. To me, it means a lot. So I'm very thankful for this experience with you, Alistair. And I'm thankful that you came up with this idea to do this podcast. Yes. I want to add something. Okay, you want to add something? Yeah. What, what else are you thankful for? I'm thankful that we get to watch monster movies and do a podcast. Yeah. It's pretty great, isn't it? I think that deserves a high five. High five. So I guess that's about it, huh? Yep. Well, check this out, everybody. If you want to follow us on social media, look us up on Twitter. We're at cadaver underscore cast. You can find us on Facebook at cadavercast. That's one word. And you can email us at cadavercast, one word, cadavercast at gmail.com. Do you want to add anything? Head on to patreon.com. Says words added. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Patreon.com slash words added. That's our Patreon for our network, and it helps us out big time. So, Al, as we close this special Turkey Day episode on Mystery Science Theater and prepare ourselves for a Turkey Day marathon, why don't you sign us out? You've been listening to Cadavercast. I'm Al Burnham. And I'm his dad, Jeff Burnham. And to everybody out there listening, we want to tell you, happy Thanksgiving. And if you're not American and obviously don't celebrate Thanksgiving because it's an American holiday, we appreciate you listening. Thank you, everybody. Thanks, guys. Sodium. Sodium, sodium, sodium.